0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to, to Matthew chapter 18. We're going to do something. We're going to, our order is just a little bit different this morning. Uh, I've come to understand that Baptists hate two things, change and the same old thing. So, let's start reading in Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 21. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. We'll pray with me if you would at the end, we'll pray the Lord's model prayer again. If you would use the word debts and debtors this time, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this is your church gathered here, and you are at work in this church for your kingdom purposes. So Lord, as we have prayed many times in the week before, and as I prayed again this morning and many others have, would you take everything that we've sung or said or prayed or everything that I'm about to teach, God, would you use every bit of it? To do the work in our hearts and in our lives and in this church that you want to do. For we know you are at work in us and we thank you for that. So I pray now, Lord, that you would open our ears to hear from your Holy Spirit. Now would you join me in praying? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, and we pray in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. I have uh, approached the last few weeks uh, with you, today's the third Sunday, I've approached it uh, primarily... uh, doing what I call discipleship teaching. Now, I, I'm, I'm not unaware that there are always, in every gathering of people, there's the, there are some that are, are followers of Jesus. There are some that are exploring Christianity. Uh, there are some that are, are absolutely hostile to Christianity, and uh, whatever. But no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, whether you've been walking with him for decades and you're a fully devoted follower of Jesus, or whether you're a person that decided to come back to church today and you're kind of sticking your toe in the water, getting back in, or, or whether you're a person who's still debating whether this thing about Jesus is really true or, or whatever. We welcome you here, and, and I pray that the Lord would take whatever we teach to apply to your hearts. I have to clarify that because I'm primarily teaching what I believe to be a way of life. Christianity, to me, is not just about where you go when you die. It is about a way of life, a beautiful way of life. It is the good and beautiful life that Jesus teaches. And the teachings of Jesus are not to make you feel bad. The teachings of Jesus are to show you a better way to live. And so today, what Jesus is teaching about is forgiveness. He's talking specifically about our forgiving other people. And it follows a teaching, if earlier in this chapter, uh, Jesus was talking with the disciples about how do you reconcile with someone if, you have a, if they have hurt you. In Matthew 5, he talks about how to reconcile with a person when you have hurt them. In Matthew 18, it's how to reconcile with a person when they have hurt you. And what he says to him is, is you go to your brother alone to talk with him, to try to work out the differences. And so that's that's the setting for the, for the uh, question that a few verses later, Peter comes up and says, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? Seven? And, and Peter was actually suggesting Almost, well, actually a little more than twice as much as some of the rabbis would teach. They taught three times. as really, you're really a committed, righteous person if you can forgive three offenses. So Peter's saying, well, how about seven? And Jesus says, no, not seven. Seventy times seven. And Jesus is not saying 490 times, and then you can knock them out. He's not saying when you hit 491, go for revenge, go for the throat. He's not saying that. What he's doing is he's saying there's no number. We don't measure forgiveness by numbers. He's saying that that's not how, how we act. And what he's teaching us is that we can either live according to the teachings of Jesus, or we live according to the teachings of the world, the flesh. Or the devil. You see, and it's actually our choice. We look at the teachings of Jesus, and Jesus tells us here, forgive people, 7 times 70, unlimited, forgive people. And many of us have to ask the question, does Jesus really know what he's talking about? You see, I know he's the son of God, and I know he created everything, but does he really know what it's like to live in 21st century Charleston, South Carolina? living in the world we live? And the answer is obviously, yeah, of course. That's how the young people say, it. yeah. You got to go up at the end of it. Yeah, for sure. So Jesus is instructing us about teaching. So in doing that, he, he tells Peter a parable, a story, to illustrate the point. And in the story that he tells them, there are two debtors, it's the same word that we, when we prayed, forgive us our debts. It's the same word. He, he says two debtors here. One of them owes 10,000 talents, which uh, a lot of our uh, scholars and theologians and commentators and everything believe, have different ideas of what that is, but I, I've selected one, and I really believe it's probably the closest because it communicates the teaching of the parable is that's probably 20 years' salary, Pro- at least 20 years' salary the guy that owed 10,000, the guy that owed a hundred denarii, that's roughly a day's pay. So one man owed a day's pay. Another man owed 20 years salary. And the man that owed 21, 20 years salary comes to the, to the King. And he says to him, you know, I, I can't pay. And the King forgives him. And, and when he forgives him, it's, it's the word that communicates release. To, to forgive someone is to release. He releases him from the debt. It's basically saying, you no longer owe me. And so the man is just blown away. But as he leaves, he encounters a man who owes him a day's pay. And he says, where's the money you owe me? And the guy says the same words I I don't have it. Would you please give me some more time? Would you be patient with me? And he said, no, I won't be patient with you. And threw him in jail and told his family, you better raise that money or he's going to rot in jail. The other servants in the king's uh, house heard about it and went and told the king. And the king brought him in. And he said these, these words that are just so powerful here. In verse 32, he says, his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. This is the guy that he had had compassion on before. He, he called him wicked. Why? Read the next text. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Verse 33, should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And see, there's the key to the parable. There's the key to the answer that Jesus gives Peter. There's the key to the entire teaching that what he is saying is you should forgive people in the way that you have been forgiven. Now there, there are five lessons that I gleaned from this and I put a little uh, space in your worksheet there or your program to write them down if you want to. I recommend, uh, this is not school, but I recommend you writing them because it might help you later on as you're reflecting on some of the teachings, because the teachings that are here are primarily for the disciples of Jesus. When you saw earlier on, when, uh, when they talked about the king, he said, in the king, let me tell you how things are in the kingdom of heaven. When you see the, the reference to kingdom of heaven, that's not talking about when we all get to heaven. Th- this is not talking about when we get to heaven, we will all forgive one another. What he's talking about, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are pretty much the same uh, idea. It's the idea that we who are disciples of Jesus, he is the king of our life. He He is the ultimate authority in our life. And what he's saying, for those of you who have been born again, for those of you who are disciples of Jesus Christ... Jesus is not just the one who takes you to heaven when you die. He is the ruler, the absolute authority for your entire life, all of your life, from beginning to end. He's easy authority. And so Jesus says, this is what it's like in the kingdom of God, for you who live in the kingdom of God, you who are in the kingdom of the heavens. He says, for lessons for disciples of Jesus, lesson number one, forgiving is a way of life. It's not something you do every now and then. It is actually a way of life for Christians. And one of the things that is so important for us to recognize is that God is, is creating us, working in us, to make us the kind of people who forgive. It's, it's kind of like moving from uh, the default nature we have to get even or to grow bitter or to not forgive. That's our, that's our human nature. So we're putting on the nature Christ is giving us, and we're becoming the kind of people who forgive when they're wounded, when they're attacked, when they're offended, and God, God is at work in us. That's why one of the most important things God is doing in your life is developing your character. See, we, 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 we tend to focus on what we do, and, and that is important. But Our being is even more important to God. We do out of our being. That's why when you read about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those are wonderful and beautiful things. Those are the kind of people we want to be, people of love, people of joy, People of patience and kindness and goodness and all those things. We're people of self-control. We recognize we have the option to not forgive, but we forgive because that's who we are. That's what we do. That's the kind of people we are. It's a way of life. But lesson number two from this is that it costs to forgive. It will cost you to forgive those who hurt you. It cost this king, for one man, millions of dollars, 20 years' salary. It cost the king in order to forgive. You know, the forgiveness that you and I live in, those of us who are disciples of Jesus, it cost Jesus his life for us to be forgiven. Our, our forgiveness was not Just, you know, God just flipped a switch and we were forgiven. God the Son became Jesus, who in a few weeks, we'll look on Good Friday at the Friday that Jesus was crucified on the cross. And when he was on the cross, he had my sins on him. He was dying in my place. He was dying in your place. It cost Jesus to forgive us. Look at Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All of we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, that was written 600 years before Jesus by the prophet Isaiah foretelling that Jesus one day would take our sins on himself. Um, That is overwhelming for me because I know me and I know I'm not worth saving. But Jesus considered me worth saving and died for me. And it cost him to die for me. Read this one with me. John 3, 16 and 17. Read with a full voice if you got one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. See, there's there's the gospel right there. And because it, it cost Jesus to forgive, when we are commanded to be forgiving people, you have to accept the reality. It will cost you to forgive. You won't be able to forgive, and it costs you nothing. My mother and father divorced when I was 12, and uh, with my uh, my mom and four kids, me at 12, uh, siblings at six, five, and four. We all moved to Union, South Carolina, to live there with Granny and Pa Johnson, my grandparents. Moved into, uh, my mother had one room where she and the two girls slept, and me and my brother, we slept out on the back porch, and it was cold at night on the back porch. But we, we lived there with that, and, and my daddy ran off with, with some woman. Uh, she was a whack. Y'all know what a whack is? Some of the military guys know it's, it's, it's a lady ladies, uh, army, per, uh, military person. You know. And I've seen a picture of an ugly woman. I really don't understand. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, well, Forget, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my my mother would not let us talk bad about my dad. You know, uh, uh, my mother forgave my dad. You know, and uh, now did it cost her to forgive him? You better believe it did. She was a single mom raising four kids for seven or eight years. It cost her a lot, you know. By the way, after eight years, my dad came back and asked my mother to forgive him. And she said, I forgave you when you left. He said, would you consider going to dinner? She said, as far as I'm concerned, you're still my husband. And she remarried my dad, and they lived together. I got to leave my dad to the Lord. That's forgiveness. You know, a lot of people will forgive you, but they remind you once a week that they forgave you. They make sure you don't forget. <laughs> You've been forgiven. But but it, it costs. It costs Jesus and it will cost you. You will not be able to get even. You will not be able to see them suffer when you forgive. But it costs. A third lesson I learned, though, is why we forgive. We forgive because we are forgiven. You know, there's all kinds of motives to forgive. I, we have a counseling center at Riverbluff and in one of those counseling centers, one of our counselors said that folks had told him they, they, they thought it was wise to forgive because of their own personal mental health. And our counselor said, well, you know, that, that is a great reason to forgive somebody, you know, just so you won't be bitter. That's, that's a good reason. But I'll give you a better reason. A better reason is we forgive because we are forgiven. Part of your core identity as a, as a born-again Christian, as a disciple, as a, as a saint of God, part of your core identity is that you are a forgiven person. You are forgiven in, as part of that's who you are. You are forgiven. That's, that's who you are. And you've been brought into the family of God, not because you really put, decided to turn over a new leaf and start being good, but because Jesus died in your place, and one day you were smart enough to say, I want some of that. One of these days you said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Come into my heart, forgive me. And Jesus said, it's done. And he wrote on your, on your bill, your indebtedness, paid in full. And so you're, that's, that is the reality. That's not just a wish. That's the truth. That's why sometimes I'll be talking to people and I'll say, do you go to church? They say, yeah. I say, are you a Christian? I say, yeah. They say, yeah. I say, well, boy, I bet you're looking going to heaven. They say, well, I sure hope so. <laughs> Listen, your faith should be in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. If you are trusting in anything other than it's not Jesus plus. It's not Jesus plus going to church. It's not Jesus plus quit cussing. It's not Jesus plus get a job in the church. It's Jesus, period. Jesus says that's that's exactly what you trust in. And we are forgiven. I'm not forgiven because I remembered to pray about it. I'm forgiven because he declared me forgiven. Jesus has written Curtis Lee Bradford, forgiven. Don't deserve it, but forgiven. Forgiven couple of scriptures here you remember when we prayed just a minute ago forgive us our what we did debts today the reason i did that is it because that's exactly the same word that's used in this story debts and debtors there's the debts and debtors forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors over in ephesians 4 be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another how as god in christ forgave you and Paul does it again over in Ephesians, Ephesians 3, I mean Colossians 3. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Let me stop there a minute. This is why I pray regularly, because I'm a type A personality. Uh, one of my staff over at the church gave me a t shirt one day that it said, The world would be at a, better, a better place if y'all would just do what I tell you. <laughs> you know, and, and you can get, I mean, I know I'm one of those people. I have to confess that, that sin a lot. You know, because I I recognize that. But I I pray, God, you know, create in me a clean heart. Any of y'all ever prayed this? David's prayer in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. The clean heart and the right spirit is compassionate. It means I, I, I suffer with those who suffer. But it also means that I have mercy on those that I wouldn't normally have mercy on. And let me tell you, the reality of having mercy on people that the world would not uh, regard deserving of mercy, the only way you can do that is through the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only way you'll be able to do that. So put on compassion, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. We don't forgive just because it's a good idea or emotionally healthy or any of those things. We forgive because we have been forgiven. And if you're looking for a reason to forgive the person who has wronged you, this is a pretty darn good reason right here. Because I have been forgiven. I had a debt I couldn't pay. And Jesus paid the debt for me. He has forgiven me. Therefore, I can forgive. The fourth lesson, though, is that we obey our way into a feeling. Now, I need to clarify that because what I'm talking... I've I've encountered folks that say, look, you know, we should forgive. And they say, well, you know, right now, I just don't feel like it. And I think I would be a hypocrite if I were to forgive them when I really don't feel like it. And I say, well, I don't know about hypocrite, but I do know you're disobedient. When the man, the second man... When the second, man, I mean, the first man refused to forgive the second man, what did the king say to him? Do you remember? You w- wicked! That's bad, right? You wicked servant. So I, I, th- I think you know, refusing to forgive or or just saying, well, you know, or postponing forgiveness. You know, one of these days, I'm I'm really praying that I'll have a, a I'll have a clean heart. It's a matter of integrity. No, it's disobedience. See, what we do, you do not feel your way into obedience. You obey your way into a feeling. What you do is you take the Word of God as being truth. And you say, I believe that. And then you start doing it. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, in the last part of it, says this. Train yourself for godliness. Did you ever see that before? Train. You know, that word train... The Greek word is gymnazo, G-U-M-N-A-Z-O. Do, we, do you all know a word in English we get from gymnazo that relates to training? Gymnasium. It's like athletic training. He says, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Obedience to Christ has benefits not just when you die, but it has benefits now. It's, it is a better way to live. But we don't naturally live as Jesus wants us to live. We naturally live according to the world, the flesh, or the devil. Nine times out of ten, it's the flesh. But what he says is, no, we're going to live according to the ways of Jesus. So what you do is you start obeying the teachings of Jesus and let your feelings catch up to your obedience. I remember uh, I was doing a Beth Moore study don't judge. I was doing a a Beth Moore study privately, and it said, is there anybody you haven't forgiven? And I'm I'm thinking, no, I I think I'm pretty up to date on that. And the Lord said, well, what about your dad? And I'm thinking, well, this is after my dad and mom have reconciled, lived seven or eight years together, uh, remarried, led him to Christ, encouraged him to teach Baptist doctrine in the Methodist church, and then all of those kind of things. Uh, So this is after all of that uh, that I'm saying, what, what do I have to forgive my dad? And it was like the Lord, I just, you know, sometimes you have to sit and listen. And it was like, you know, you never forgave him for making you an adult when you were 12. Because see, when my mom and dad divorced, I had to be the other parent. Some of you might identify with that, you know, because my, my little siblings were not good people. <laughs> you know, six, five, and four. And so uh, I had to be like the other daddy, and and I had to work two jobs because you know my brother and I slept on the back porch and the two girls slept with my mom in the only other bedroom, and uh, and because I had to work two jobs to help support the family and all this, I didn't get to really do all the stuff that 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 kids teenagers get to do. And and somehow I was kind of holding that against my dad. And so what I did was I said it out loud. I, I went. I said, Lord, I forgive my. I dad. remember dad's in heaven, so I said, Lord. I forgive my dad. I release him. He doesn't owe me anything. And then, you know, and I, I felt a little bit better. then. And then a week later, it came up again. I'm thinking, well, I thought I let go of that last week. So I said, okay, Lord, I forgive my dad. I release him. He doesn't owe me anything. A couple of weeks later, it came up again. Lord, I release my dad. I forgive him. He doesn't owe me anything like that. And I discovered something. When you say, Jesus said seven times 70, I mean, you know, 490. He's not saying that somebody should do something wrong to you and, you know, you forgive them 490. One of the other ways of understanding that is that sometimes it takes you 490 times forgiving somebody before your feelings catch up to your obedience. Do You see that? don't let your feelings control your obedience. You trust Jesus no matter what your feelings say. And that's what this is is talking about here. And finally, the, the last lesson in here, God uses our obedience for his kingdom purposes. Every time you are obedient, every time you forgive because Jesus said it was a better way to live and because you trust Jesus and you want to live that way, every time you forgive, even, even when you, you, you probably feel like the, the culture would say you have every right to not forgive. When you forgive and you obey Jesus, God is at work in you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And what is God doing in you? God is at work in you. Romans 8, 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus is at work in you, conforming you to the character of Christ. And what he does is he uses that as a witness to the world. It'll soon be, I think it's, either, I think it's three years this June, that Dylan Roof went into Emmanuel 9, into Mother, Mother Emmanuel Church, and killed nine people. Marshall Blaylock, who's probably one of my best friends, is pastor at First Baptist Church. And he has several families in his church that are serving with our international mission board overseas. And one couple is serving in China. They're there uh, on an educational platform. You can't be designated a a missionary and go into China, but you can be a school teacher. And so then they're teaching school and they teach young Chinese children. And uh, after this terrible thing here happened. Uh, Two couples that were the parents of some of the children that these missionaries were actually teaching, they came to the missionary's house. Uh, They said, we saw the report of what happened in the city that we think you're from, Charleston. Uh, One of the things we've discovered is that China controls every bit of media but if it's bad, if it makes America look bad, they let it in. You know, they always let that in. So they had let this in. <laughs> and so they saw, you know, here's, here's a man that killed nine people. It was a racial killing, all that kind of thing, you know. These, these two couples came and knocked on the door of these two missionaries and said, we saw this report of what happened there. And we saw the man who is Pastor Anthony Thompson downtown in a Lutheran church as well as his other family members, forgive the man who had done this and pray that he would be saved. They said, we want you to tell us what, what kind of religion is that? We need to know more about a religion where people forgive and they open the door to begin the door opening to heaven for those people. You see, if, if you and I, we who are disciples of Jesus, if we can ever fully grasp that we are forgiven, then we will be able to give that forgiveness. I've asked Bryant to sing a particular song for us this morning that talks about living in forgiveness so that we can be forgiven. Bryant, Your heads with me and pray, please. If you've come here today and you're not forgiven, you've never gone to the cross of Jesus and realized that it was all about His forgiving you and loving you, now would be a great time to pray, Lord Jesus. Please forgive me. and Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Thank you for your forgiveness now, Lord. Help me to live forgiven. Now there may be others of us here today in your prayers. You remember when you prayed that a prayer similar to that might have been years ago, even decades ago today through jesus speaking through brother bryant and the songs and the hymns and the text you've recognized you've not been living forgiven you're still trying to earn god's favor you haven't recognized you've really forgotten that you are forgiven maybe a prayer like this would be appropriate lord god help me to recover the joy of my salvation Help me to remember I am forgiven by your grace, Lord Jesus. Help me to remember that I don't live good and work hard and serve and all of that in order to win something, but because I've already been given this gift of forgiveness through Jesus. Help me to live forgiven. And then there may be others here today who say, Lord, there's somebody I need to forgive today. There's somebody I need to release. They don't owe me anymore. Just like Jesus paid my debt, he paid theirs too. And it is my heart that needs to change. So, right now, Lord, help me as I release whoever it is or whoever they are. I release them to you. And I ask that you would do a work in their hearts, but please help me to obediently release them and forgive every time it comes up. God, I pray too for this body of Christ called Highland Park. God, I pray that you would make this group of people, your people, make them people who forgive. May the word spread all over Charleston. Yeah, those those people know how to forgive may that be the legacy of this church I pray all of these things now in Jesus name amen you wouldn't mind we're going to close today by your standing I'm going to pray a blessing over you and then you'll leave I will be here at the front if any of you need to talk want to talk more you can't buy me lunch somebody's already doing that you could buy me coffee later. I mean, I'm open, but I'll, I'll hang around down front if you need to talk. Brother Jason will be here as well, your pastor, while you're absent of senior pastor. We'll be here to talk with you and to pray with you. So would you pray? Pray with me. Father God, I pray now your blessings on these, your people. And I pray that you will take everything we've done in the last hour and use it to build your kingdom. This I pray in the name of Jesus. And all the people said... Amen. God bless you. Go change the world.